Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our faces on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Nathan Apollo. We first connected with Nathan after Charlie Curtis Beard connected us on Twitter, but this was the first time we got a chance to talk over Zoom. We recorded this following the release of his new single, Hungry World. An adept lyricist with unflinching positive sincerity, we found a kindred spirit in Nathan and discovered that we had more in common than just our names. So without further ado, I'm Nathan Apollo and this is Talking Lion. Well, hi. <laughs> hello. 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 You have a you have a bit of you have a a, gray, a little bit of gray in your hair. I do. Yeah. Is that diet or is that stress? That is neither. It's a birthmark, actually. Oh shit! That's yeah. awesome. And so it it goes all the way to the roots. I can't dye it. It can't hold dye. Yeah. That's wild. You can't see as much because my hair is longer. But when when my hair used to be short, I had a little gray patch in the back. Right. So. We're, we have so much in common already. Already. We're both Nathans. <laughs> both Nathans. Both got gray in our hair. We're both optimists. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At, in our 20s. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> where in the world are you uh, Are you dialing in from? Where in the world I am dialing in from Ames, Iowa. Ooh, Iowa. No, have you ever met anybody from Iowa? Um, Iowa. That's where... Um, uh, that's where Slipknot is from. Yes, Ooh. that is where Slipknot is from. That is that is like our. We have Slipknot. We have Ashton Kutcher. That's about it. Well, you know, you know, another fun thing is um, in Shona, the native language to Zimbabwe, where I spent a good chunk of my childhood. Iowa is no, no. It's a way of saying no. <laughs> See, that makes sense <laughs> because anytime you ask somebody, "Do you want to go to Iowa?" they say no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I want to ask like follow up questions about Iowa, but I genuinely don't even have a a point of reference. I feel bad. No, I feel like no, you've got the big fine. arch. There's the big arch in Des Moines. That's all I know. Isn't that St. Louis? It, I might might be. There's a big be arch in St. Louis. We have like a cool looking bridge with lights on yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. <laughs> Yeah. The, Ar- the Arch of St. Louis. Not, not. I mean, there's arches all over. We passed it. We drove through St. Louis. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> that whole trip was a fever dream. 
I might, I might be thinking of the bridge. I'm thinking of an arched structure on the Wikipedia page, which I probably was looking at because I was a Slipknot fan. This there is, you what, go. is that's all, that was literally my introduction to Iowa was being a Slipknot fan. I'm like, that's, what is this random state? It, it, it is the most random state. Anytime a movie's like, let's make this person from the middle of nowhere, it's Iowa, Iowa, or or Ohio. You know, I I mean, maybe maybe this is a shock compared to the music I make, but I'm not a huge Slipknot fan. But major respect to Slipknot. He's like, I don't know if you guys listened, but I played the ukulele. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, I, don't know, I actually listen. I would recommend if I could recommend a Slipknot song, if you maybe haven't heard it, I would recommend Spit It Out from their, it's either their first record or their very first mixtape. Spit It, it was Out. Back, like in their very early, like this is early, like peak new metal. It was, Chris Corey Taylor is like a big hip hop fan. Right. Um, And this is like, I mean, obviously a lot of it is like screaming vocals, but like this early stuff, there's a song called Spit It Out that I know all the words to. <laughs> um, and it is And he's going to perform it now. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that for my own dignity, but I would recommend listening to it. A weird fun fact is that my name, before I was Nathan Apollo, I called myself Zix, which was X-I-X, which is 19 in Roman numerals. But every wow. time you looked up X-I-X, all you get is a Slipknot song called XIX. Oh, it, interesting. It's all connected. It's this goes all, all the way connected. down. It goes all the way down. That's so funny. It is it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. How how did you first get into to music? Like, wh- where was the music bug? And did your did your folks play all that all that um, you know biographical so, info? <laughs> yeah. So I am a first generation musician. I got into it. It's not like anything romantic <laughs> or anything like that. I started lifting in high school. And I come from a small white town. And so people, when you start lifting, they play like Eminem and Tech 9 on the speakers in the gym. And so, because mm. we had like a high school gym. And so if you know anything about those guys, they go really fast. They're known for the lyrical ability. And so that's how, that's what actually got me into it is I started learning these fast raps. Then I started writing my own fast raps. Then I started making like, hip hop music and now now we've transformed into this more like indie indie love song sphere <laughs> that works a lot better than than <laughs> than what I used to be doing that's how it started was was lifting cuz that's what introduced me to hip hop music was lifting cuz before that I was raised on classic rock and so uh, I didn't know anything about hip hop at all which i i think what's so interesting about your style like i'm sure you get the hobo johnson comparison and whatnot but i feel like absolutely i'm gonna dive into how i feel about your music because i fucking go for love it. it shout out to charlie curtis beard for connecting yes us on shout Twitter. out to charlie curtis beard i didn't know your music and then he's like you guys should be on a podcast i'm like i should probably listen to you before having you on but like <laughs> uh but the, I, I was actually like yes come on and then i listened because i'm like i trust charlie inherently but I think what I think is so interesting um, is that, and we talk about it a lot on the show, we definitely talked about it a lot more when we first started two years ago, was that we've sort of hit this sort of break point in irony where the only place you can go past irony uh, to get, you know, the same kind of commentary that irony used to be is by taking it over the crest of irony into the world of sincerity. And I think that what I really love mm-hmm. about your music, which I think that, you know, Ho- Hobo Johnson does like kind of crest on as well. But I think that like you take it even just a step further where there is humor and there is like a character in the way that you present your pieces. But it is like dripping mm-hmm. in sincerity in, in each space. And because of that, you're not necessarily locked into any kind of genre constraints. Like you have things that sound a little bit like 
R&B, even like yeah. uh, Hungry World, like the, the new song mm-hmm. that you just put out. There's like, it reminds me of the Pixies. Like right. it reminds me of like, of like, hey. And I think that that's something really cool about your background is that it's like, it does feel like in a way that that goes even further than we often see is just combining all of these things in our pop culture, but tying it and gluing it together with like a very genuine uh, sincerity. Yeah, I've never seen someone go so in detail about my music <laughs> that wasn't me, but you're absolutely right. And I'm, Welcome to Talking <laughs> Lion, baby. <laughs> I'm just A podcast now, for artists by artists. Love Let's it. Go. <laughs> I'm just now realizing that, that people are more here for the genuineness of the lyrics and the context behind them as opposed to the genre. Like, mm-hmm. like I released Hungry World, which is completely different to anything else I've released before. My biggest song is a, a spoken word ukulele song. I'm realizing that people are here for what I'm saying, not necessarily the sound and the way that I say it, which is cool. It's super cool. It's super cool. I'm grateful to be able to be genreless if I want to be. And it also, I think one of the things that apart from like your the writing, uh, there's this, um, I was watching this Lewis Bell interview and he said this thing that, that kind of stuck with me about how like a good artist should be like, like a pool of water where you can see all the way to the bottom. Which is mm. an interesting way of putting it that it, that that, uh, that of, uh, especially as a, a vocalist that you're looking for like complete clarity that you should be able to see completely like that there should be no like cloudiness or muddiness in you hear that person's voice and you're like I know who that is and what I love about your music is you have a very distinctive you know vocal delivery and that's yeah. just part of a very strong brand and I think that your 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 personality and your vocal. Is, I mean, that's like arguably one of the most important parts of building an artist project. And you have such a strong brand inherently with how you use your voice that the music around it could kind of be anything. Well, and, and, how, and it would be how, consistent. How hard it is to pull off what, what it is you're doing, which is that you come on and it sounds like you just hit play and you're going for it. Uh-huh. But like anybody who's in this for mm-hmm. a second knows how fucking hard it is to sound like you haven't put and how much effort uh, it takes to sound like <laughs> It's effortless. It yeah. sounds yes. like you're just like casually talking to like to this person. I mean, we could get into it. Like, like let's talk about yeah. You know, to I mean, you, you, you know, you got it. Like, well, let's talk to you for me because that's like the the most common one that people listen to. That higgledy piggledy conversational flow throughout the entire thing you would think it'd be like yeah just it it sounds effortless it is effortless the amount of takes that i had to do to make that song sound natural but also put together but also flow it's it's uncanny it's uncanny and i mean it's it's indicative of the tiktok world too is like you know you've got the you've got people who are doing 50 takes to make it look like they've heard it in their car for the first time right yes you know it's like (laughs) and it's this weird thing that we that we balance of that we are we are being insincere in the delivery of okay that this is like this is off the cuff this is whatever but there's a sincerity to it past that point like Mm -hmm. there is a sincerity to people getting hype about their songs in the car even if it is a lie that that was the first take yes. of that. They still want to, perhaps when they first did it, they did have that reaction, but now they want to produce a piece of content that captures that moment and share it with people. And in order to make that as best as possible, there's a facade that needs to be put up sometimes. 
it, it is it is editing. I mean, I, I edit these podcasts and my philosophy in editing the podcast is what can I cut out to get to the truth? Right. Like, how do I how do I make the truth clearer, even if it makes somebody sound like they came to a conclusion maybe faster than they did? Right. Or, you know, like you guys don't know that I'm currently eating pork belly. You know, I'm currently, I got, I got um, (laughs) yakitori in my lap and you're not going to know it because I'm going to cut out me chewing. Right. Exactly. Questions. But, and, and so we, I'm lying to the audience, but it's so that you're not focusing on me eating pork belly. We're focusing on Nathan Apollo, which is why we're here. But I mean, I, I love that song. One of the things that, that I talk about a lot, uh, on the show and, and a frustration, almost a war. I feel like I'm, I'm fighting is I'm a, I'm a lyricist. Mm-hmm. Like that is in a session what I find to be my my strength. And what I'm always fighting for and urging for is a lyrical through line and a lyrical uh, consistency and and more than anything, a lyrical cause and effect. Right. I, I get really frustrated in pop music when you've got these lines, especially in a verse, where it's like one line and then another line that's like Bro. not really related. And yes. then another line that's not really related. Yes. And I think that what I really love, uh, and I, f- I think we have a lot in common, is the way that you just like take each line that you've written literally and just run with it. Like I'm I'm going to read, I, and yes. I very rarely do this on the show, I'm, I'm going to read a line from To You that I, that our minds were blown. The line is, And if I had a shiny nickel, for every time I missed you, I'd use them to buy the moon, then sell the moon to North Korea, then use all their fancy missiles to blow craters in that moon until it spelled out our initials. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. Because, because each part, each part of that, like maybe, maybe like a, a solid lyricist would have like that, that first half, but to take it, to North Korea, like to take the literal nickel line, make it literal to the moon, take that and make it literal to North Korea and then have it finally land on like a beautiful (laughs) sentiment. That's, that's fucking hard. Yeah, no, that's, that's special. This is is an amazing podcast, by the way, (laughs) this is incredible. Um, Especially that you just now learned about me and you're picking this stuff out. Let me talk about this for a second. That line is the line that made the song go viral on on TikTok. It was that line. Because, and I set that to be the starting point because I knew it was a banger. That line (laughs) took me like, the song took me like a couple days to write, like maybe like two sessions to write. Um, But that line took like two hours to write that line Mm -hmm. because the rhyme scheme is just unheard of. I mean, if I'm, I wish, and there's no way to see it unless you visualize and I can try to break it down if you'd like, but there's a point where I'm like, if I had a shiny nickel, that's the rhyme. For every time I missed you, we, we've hit, we've hit, we've rhymed once in the, in the first bar. I'd use them to buy the moon that rhymes with nothing. Then sell the moon to North Korea, still rhymes with nothing. Then use all their fancy missiles. Okay, we're back. To blow craters mm-hmm. in that moon until it spells out our initials. Like, it shouldn't work. It goes so long without rhyming. But it's still, like, I don't know. It took a long time to figure out. It took a long time. Well, we, we talk about rhyming. We talk about rhyming and rhyme scheme in terms of, like, satisfaction. And about how as long as you're getting layers of satisfaction, then it doesn't matter what's rhyming or not rhyming. The problem is when you are expecting satisfaction and you don't get it, you need to then like make sure you're giving somebody the delayed gratification Mm -hmm. or 
you could be oversatisfying somebody with an AAA rhyme or like a like you know an A B. Like what I love about internal rhyme schemes or like like fun little emphases here or like sub you know sub rhyme situations is that you you do wind up running into these areas where you're having these mini moments of satisfaction. So even if like the ends are slant rhymes or even if the ends aren't working as rhymes, like. Or if you've dropped a, a rhyme altogether by the, I mean, speeding because fuck the cops, the end of uh, Smoke Signals, Phoebe Bridgers. Mm. Like, like all of our problems, I'm going to solve them with you writing shotguns, speeding because fuck the cops. Like, it's so good because she's giving you so much rhyme scheme mm-hmm. that she doesn't need to give you that last one. Right. She's like, you got all the satisfaction yeah, that you exactly. would be cheaper to give you that last one. Yes, exactly. The song, it works because of the fact that, that she's, she knows exactly where the oversatisfaction goes. I feel like your lyrical philosophy, I feel like you and I could write a book together. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'd be, we'd be in lockstep. I like, I really love, it's inherent to the way that you write that yeah. like there is uh, a standard and a, and a kind of rule that you hold yourself to, even if it's just sort of an internal sort of like subconscious thing. It's, it's really refreshing. Well, it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's an example of that thing of you learn the rules to internalize the rules so you can break them creatively. Right. Like, like you have, it's, it's that built in metric of once you, once you understand where, where to satisfy or where to not satisfy, you can do interesting things like that, like that stanza that doesn't like, if you were to put that on paper in like a lyric writing class, people will be like, I don't really know if it works, but it works. Right. Like it, it, it just, it works intuitively and it takes years of craft to build up that level of intuition to be able to land. It's like playing, you know, non-diatonically in a tasteful way. Right. You know, it's the lyrical equivalent of playing out in a way that doesn't alienate the listener. Like it's, it's very, very difficult. And I think my past with, I think starting with lyrical, miracle, spiritual rap, like because, <laughs> because that's my roots and I did that for like so long, I was, I was doing so much, like too much, like internal rhymes and rhymes, uh, everything. It was just overload, sensory overload. And because those are my roots, and now I've stripped it back and I let those moments shine when they need to. It, it, it just works so much better. And I am super jealous of people who can just say a line in a song and it works. But that just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't click in my head like that. I, I can't make, I can't just say things. I need to like tell a story. Mm. Well, and, and I, I feel very similarly, like we talk a lot about skin in the game in this. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of how you get that. Uh, is in using your real estate, right? Like using the song to tell what it is that you're trying to. Mm-hmm. I just don't like cutting corners just because I feel like, you know, it's 2021, almost 2022. We don't have the luxury of of not knowing cliches anymore. Right. Like, we, like everything has been made the easy way. And I think that on the one hand, that's solid. And on the other hand, you know, you'll have people reinventing the same easy step over and over and be rewarded for it. And that's fine. But I think that like for people who do feel artistically driven, it does become complicated because you need to get more specific. You need to to get a little bit weirder just to make something that you haven't heard before or to tell yeah. your story in a way that isn't like, like she left me, I'm sad. 
which is, yeah. which has been done. I mean, in the fifties, you could have, you know, th- th- it was different. Like you could have just been like, she left me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> You know, like, and and that was fine. They're like, whoa, you're like a lyrical genius, right? Like, yeah. You know, that's never been said before. <laughs> that's great. Um, but it, yeah, we just we don't we don't have that anymore. So we got to get a little bit more um, in the weeds of it. Stopping the podcast to shout out one of our sponsors, The Truffleist. Noah, you like to cook. I do like to cook. You're actually very good at cooking. I'd say I'm decent. But I think that the thing about cooking that you have taught me is that flavor is everything. Truly. You got to bring in little flavors that you wouldn't expect. And one of my favorite flavors is the taste of truffles. A great flavor. But we are so lucky to have The Truffleist as a sponsor for Talking Lion. Founded by Jimmy Coons and based in Long Island City, Queens, The Truffleist creates artfully handcrafted truffle products of the highest quality and flavor. While their truffles are imported from the countrysides of Italy, France, and Spain, they proudly source many of their base ingredients locally from small farms and artisanal producers. They offer a variety of truffle products, from truffle oil and truffle butter, to truffle salami and honey, to even truffle hot sauce. I love truffle hot sauce. They've also recently launched cheesesteaks by the Truffleist, so keep an eye out for pop-ups in your area. So bring the taste of truffle into your life. Go to truffleist.com, that's T-R-U-F-F-L-E-I-S-T.com, to place your first order. Now back to the show. Do you have a slam poetry background? I do not, actually, which is really funny. You would think That's I crazy. would. That's crazy, yeah. More things are popping up from my past that are, that my like my, that my mom will dig up. And she'll be like, yo, did you like look at this homework assignment I found or something? And she'll pull out something from like second grade where, where it's like, uh, rhyme with this word. And I writ- write like 50 things. And the teacher wrote a little note like, most in the class or something. It's like little things where like I've always been good at doing stuff like that, which is crazy to me. I think it's interesting because a lot of this skill in your stuff reminds me of like George Watsky. Yeah, I've had that comparison before. Yeah. And and George Watsky obviously comes from the slam poetry background. And even just like some of his strongest like rap stuff tends to lean towards like more spoken word anyway. Right. And it's interesting because I think I also I grew up on that. I grew up on, on you know, Broadway show tunes. I grew up on um, a lot of folk music. Mm-hmm. In all of those things, there is a need and necessity for a lyrical fruit line, sometimes even more than a chorus. Right. Um, what's interesting about Broadway songs is that they're made to use that real estate to say something. And there needs to be a sort of conversational through line in that in that space, you know, like every, you know, every Broadway show song, the each line needs to lead into the next one. Right. Because it's telling a story. Right. Yeah. You have random line and random line, random line. They're like, okay, so you put a random ass song in the middle of this Broadway (laughs) show, which they have, but like, yeah, it's been done frowned upon. I actually, what's funny is I didn't even know that that line in, in to you from me went viral on TikTok. What's what's funny is, is I, I saw this podcast in the calendar. I looked at your socials and I'm like, all right, I don't think I've heard of this guy. And then when I finally listened to music, I'm like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah. You popped up on my For You page a while ago. I think it was probably that that TikTok. And I actually wanted to ask you about that TikTok. Did you did you make that TikTok? I'm assuming you did. Yes, I did. Because we were talking can, about can it can earlier. Can you describe the TikTok? It's I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Like it's 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 just you, it's you singing the song in your room. But I remember being captivated by the editing. Yes. In some so, way. 
So I was I was in everybody likes to talk about being shadow banned. I was <laughs> quote unquote shadow banned. In reality, I look back and I was just making dog water content. But <laughs> I was I I've was never quote heard unquote, dog water and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I was quote unquote shadow banned for like six months. And I was sad and upset. And October 2019, I'd released the best song I thought I'd ever made. It was called Fallen Once Again. And it got the mo it had the best opening week ever. It it was crazy. And then I got so stuck on trying to make a better song. And I just kept on making songs and scrapping them, making songs and scrapping them. And then come January, I was like, you know what? This is dumb. I, I'm going to make a song for my girlfriend. That's what I'm going to do. February 14th <laughs> coming up, Valentine's Day. We're long distance right now. I'm just going to write something from the heart. I don't care how well it does. And of course, that's the song that goes crazy viral. But all I did was the day it came out, I was playing Minecraft alone, feeling sad, missing my girlfriend. I went over to my little sliding glass door, recorded me singing the first thing. And then when it switches to then sell the moon to North Korea, I switched it to black and white and like did a little pan like I looked evil. <laughs> and then it took me 30 seconds to film. I posted it. 500,000 views. And then I just started posting every single different section of the song, each one getting 500,000. And then my most viral video actually didn't happen until like a month after it dropped where I was just singing it acapella in my car. And that got like 2 million views. And, and then funnily enough, I blew up recently over these eye color ballads that I was doing um, where mm. I write eye color ballads for brown and, and green and hazel and stuff like that. <laughs> and I like doubled my following in like a week. And I was like, these people have no idea about To You For Me. And I blew up off of another ukulele spoken word type stuff. And so I made a post about it again, just in October. And it got 4 million views and it hit a whole nother resurgence on, on everything. And so there's like 13,000 videos under the To You For Me audio on TikTok right now, which it blows Crazy. my mind, blows my mind. The fact that like, I can't even imagine 13,000 of anything. What I love about uh, the fact, the existence of To You For Me is that you sign it with from Nate and I'm like, I can use this. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I, I almost, <laughs> listen, I almost didn't put that in there because I have this other rule that I follow or try to in my songs where I, I want them to be able to be applied to as many people. So like into you for me, I, I'm writing it for my girlfriend. I never use she, her pronouns. Because I just say you every single time. I say you. That way, anybody who listens to it, whoever their person is, they can send them that song. And it's not like they have to bend it in their mind to fit their gender. It's It can fit for everybody. And so I almost didn't put the love Nate in there because then I'm like, oh, what? But I decided to, obviously, in the end. For me. You did it for me. I did it specifically <laughs> for you specifically you didn't know you. you didn't know but now you, now you do it all it all comes around yeah i was like you know what people named <laughs> nate could really use a w right now so i'm gonna talk yeah we're, <laughs> i mean we're, we're 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 always looking for it i mean <laughs> you go your whole life going by nathan you're gonna need some help you exactly know? exactly <laughs> i actually go i go by nate in real life but but nathan just sounds more professional you added the e though which you know I, I was saying i was saying you know if i knew my parents could add an e we would have had a much better time you know yeah and i feel like a lot of people don't know the story behind the e i've only done like one post about it and some people well, know we, we get the semi-exclusive hit us with the with the, yeah. the story and so now all the fans all the all the fake fans who don't know 
will now be able to know. So, and this is gonna get sad. We're gonna get we're gonna get a little sad. It's not no. sad anymore for me because it was so long ago, but it is a little sad story. That's so, okay. back when I was still lyrical miracle, I joined a online WhatsApp group chat for battle rappers. Okay. Whoa. Cool. And I was battle rapping over the internet. Um, Were you freestyling? No, no. Oh, I can't freestyle to save my life. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it was written battle raps over the internet. And in that group chat, I met a bunch of musicians. um, Because being in Iowa, there's like nobody around that does what I'm doing. And so I was just striving for connection with anybody. And so I met some cool people. um, One of them being a guy by the artist named Prayaditis. P-R-A-E. D-I-T-U-S, Prayoditis, yeah. Um, that was his That was his rapper name. And uh, we knew each other for like a year and a half, maybe two, and we were just, he taught me how to mix and master. He, he, he would mix my songs for me. Uh, we played games together, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and for my 18th birthday, I flew out to Colorado to meet him for his album release party, and we hung out like all weekend. We made music. It was super dope. And then like... Uh, Six months later or something like that, he passed away very suddenly, which was super unfortunate. I won't get like into the details of it all, but he passed away um, at a young age. I think he was 22, which is the age I am now. Um, And he passed away when I was 18. Um, And uh, yeah, that sucked. That was bad. That was super sucky. It was a terrible day. and so I didn't change my name for a long time, but I immediately got a tattoo. I, you got this. I mean, the podcast won't be able to see this, but I have it on my forearm here and it says pray for me, which is the last project that I helped him work on. I did the, I always did his cover art for him because I'm an art major. And so he would do my mixing. I do his cover art. Oh, wow. Pray for me was the last project I helped him work on. So I got that font from the album cover tattooed on my arm and pray is spelled with the A-E, and right? And pray is spelled with the A-E. Pray on my arm, yes. And so then, fast forward to my success through TikTok, like two years later, or a year later, and I was running into complications with being named XIX. There was another artist named XIX who was popping off on TikTok, and everyone thought it was me. And I was like, I it's gotta the change. the song that really got in yes, the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, I gotta change my name. And I was busy, like, tussling and thinking in my mind. Um, fun fact, actually, at this point in time, I don't know if you know who Ty Verdez is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but me and him were like, I mean, we still are good homies. He was like on the phone with me, giving me advice on, uh, how I could change my, and this was obviously before he was, he was still in the Verizon store at this point, but <laughs> he was, he was on the phone with me, giving me advice, uh, which I'm forever thankful for as well. He still shoots me advice here and there, which is incredible. But, um, I came up with Nathan Apollo. And I was torn between doing the AE or not doing the AE. And I, I was talking with Ty Verdes and he was like, I think you know which one to pick, my guy, just based on the way <laughs> you're talking to me about it. And I was like, you're right, you're right. And so, yeah, I slapped the AE in there for for a long lost friend. And that is the mm. story of Nathan Apollo. Because we always, I always, we always told each other that we would both blow up. Um, and then when he died, I made a promise to like the universe that I would make it for him and I'd carry his name with me. 
And so I literally put a part of his name inside of mine. I'm going to tear up. I'm, I'm, like I'm that, literally that's tearing that's up. That is, uh, yeah, there's uh, actual tears. Have we I cried was, on the podcast before? I don't before? think I don't so. Know. I'm actually crying. Wow, that's, that is so I mean, they, they say the happiest people are the ones with the tragic backgrounds. I mean, I guess it's, but I mean, it's fine. It's fine now. Like I said, it's no need to be sad now, but that is the story behind it. It's, and it is a sad one. I'm also realizing too, wait, did you name Apollo because of the moon line? I did not, not because of the moon line. I, I put Apollo because I'm a sucker for Percy Jackson and Greek mythology. Ah. And Apollo is the god of music. And so I was like, that's fitting. Now, let's do that. You and, you and J. Maya got to have a chat. You know J. Maya? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> she's a, she, she, we've had her on the show and uh, she's awesome. But she, uh, her first two songs are about Greek mythology. And they that's went viral great. on TikTok. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's all, man. Oh, that's that's beautiful, man. I Good don't. Thank I'm, you. I'm genuinely Thank speechless. Thank you. I got this sense listening to your to your music um, that you're somebody li- like me, like us, who has been dealt a, a complicated hand and has put in an incredible amount of work to mm-hmm. be very conscious about what you're focusing on. Absolutely. I was saying last night that if I like let myself focus, if I let myself be upset about all the things I could be upset about, that it that it wouldn't end for 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 me. That like that there is so much work and so much of responsibility to focus on mm-hmm. the positive and and the good that's around, and not in some sort of like you know like positivity, negativity, like, you know, I'm from New York. I don't necessarily like go, go full on in that space. Right. Right. But, but there is, uh, I find like a responsibility in, in what we choose to focus on and, and especially the good we choose to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, in that space, I want to talk about sightsee, um, yes. which you, when I, when I DM'd you about it, you said it was <laughs> a, an underrated song. It is. Yeah. When I heard Sightsee, especially today, um, and it's been it's been a, a tough week, I cried. I was I I was really wow. moved by what you were paying attention to, and Thank you. This, how how sacred you made you know the sound of throwing out the trash, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and and how like and how sacred you made these small moments, and also just how beautifully you were able to articulate what it feels like to be in this stage. Again, I'm, qu- I'm quoting a line, which which I never do on the show, <laughs> but I, I really, like, I, I, I snapped, poetry snapped in my car to... <laughs> I'm looking forward to my future, I got someone to be. I'm a nobody, yes, but nobody is me. And on the way, I'll stop the sightseeing. Like, that is... Yeah. It's just... I... <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody on the show seen me speechless or cry? I mean, this is a very special I'm, episode. Man. I'm so flattered by, I'm yeah. The, you got to understand, I make music to make people feel better. And like to, I feel like everybody thinks like nobody knows what I'm going through and nobody knows like what I'm trying to, trying to do. And then I try to make songs to help people like call them out specifically. Like, I know what you're going through. Listen to this. Mm. sort of thing or just look at look at the world around you like i feel like sad music is so popular 
and I'm so tired of hearing breakup songs and songs about cheating and songs about about uh, all this negative stuff. I'm like, we. I feel like we're forgetting that the world is still a beautiful place, you know? And I think it's so hard to do that. And I'm going to like, you know, be straightforward. It's it's so hard to do that, especially in our in our cynical time yeah. and our ironic time that is sincere without being corny. Right. Like there is, there is, I think what blew my mind in, in our world of corniness, in our world of cringe, in our world of, of cynicism and self-referentialness and the literal metaverse, that mm-hmm. you have somehow managed to be positive without at any point it coming off as corny or cheesy or whatever. It just sounds like somebody who's who is like trying to enjoy, you know, their breakfast. Somebody yeah. who's just trying to enjoy like the couple minutes they have in their car to finish up that episode of a podcast. Right. You know, uh, that that traffic affords them, you know, like it just it, there is there is so much packed into it that I, again, that I'm very floored. by. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a shame that I let the Internet dictate how I feel about certain songs because that song did so bad. It did so bad commercially, quote unquote. Uh, I think it just now, it came out so long ago. It is, as of yesterday, now uh, it just hit 100,000 streams, which is like crazy. That's a lot of streams, but it was like- I I hit the- the (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it took like eight months to get there. Like it, 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 it didn't do well at all. People didn't like it, which is a shame because I love that song. And it has a beautiful feature on it of Claudia Mello. And it's just uh, a song about, because people kept on asking me, like, you write love songs, but I don't have somebody to love. And I'm like, okay, well, we all got the world around us, you know? And so here's one for you sort of thing. I think it's tricky because you're right. There are songs that the way that we feel about them are affected by the performance of it ultimately. Mm -hmm. But I think we also forget that in a number like 100,000, we forget that that's a lot. And yeah. that's 100,000 opportunities to be the perfect song at the perfect time. Exactly. For somebody to feel what they need to. And and so much of our responsibility is to, is to be that, you know. If our song gets 10,000 streams, that is still 10,000 moments when that song could have been exactly what was needed. Or that one person who thought that they couldn't make sincere, happy you know, non-relationship music and suddenly heard somebody doing it. Yes. There's almost something even special about the ones that, because we see it as, oh, these songs didn't didn't hit. But the way that I see it is, oh, these songs just connected more specifically with people. Th- this song didn't catch everybody and it wasn't supposed to. That's a great way to look at it. And I, I blame my mind for a lot of these things. Like I have ADHD really bad. So the minute I hit like, the first time I hit a million, every time after that, hitting a million didn't hit the same. You know, yeah. I've, I felt it at that point. I've experienced it. And now everything else is I'm desensitized. And so like, man, I hit 12 million on a YouTube, uh, not YouTube video, on a TikTok, on the Brown Eyes Ballad TikTok. And now I'm regularly getting like 200K, 500K, which are these insane numbers. And I'm sitting there like 200K, that one didn't do as good. And I'm like, it's so terrible. And so I don't want to come off like I'm not grateful. I've been making music for five years. I was always thankful for 
for everything, like a thousand streams is exactly what you said, a thousand opportunities, a thousand people that needed to hear whatever you were saying. And so I don't want to come off as ungrateful by, I know we're talking about these crazy massive numbers. Um, it's just so easy when you're actually in it to become desensitized, to become um, used to success or to be expecting more. Uh, and then when it doesn't happen as an artist, you kind of get down on yourself, which is why I feel like I always think that I'm doing terribly, even though in reality, my growth throughout this year has been insane. Well, and it's the, the truth of the matter is, is it's like it's like anything else. We are unfortunately these monkeys that are programmed to adapt. And part of adapting is is making sure that if if a bad thing is happening consistently, it doesn't break you. But also if a good thing is happening, you are reacting the same way. You know, when we got our first playlist, like, you know, years ago and our first like thousand streams in a day, mm-hmm. we we were we were mind blown. Like I remember we walked around our dorm for yeah. two hours. So like, excited. Just so excited yes. talking about like what it means in the future and yeah. like like celebrating it and all this, whatever. And now we get three times that or ten times that in a day and we don't even we wouldn't even know because we don't even look at it. We don't even recognize it right. as a, as an achievement, you know, anymore. And it's just, you know, it's like it's like when you're, you know, if you if you get into a bar underage, it's an exciting event. If you get into a bar, <laughs> if you go to a bar every day as an adult, you got a problem. You right, know? Like, right. Like, and you're well, like, <laughs> I was thinking about this recently because I, I on this last New York trip, I got really into playing 2048 again. And what's funny about that game is when you first download the game, the goal is get 2048. Uh, and when you get 2048, there's a fanfare and it says, hello, you did it. You achieved the goal. Mm-hmm. But then it says, hey, your next goal is get 4096. And then every time after that, you get 2048, nothing happens. There's no fanfare. There's right. no celebration. There's no yeah. rush of dopamine. It's just oh, I already did that. I already accomplished that. And the number just keeps going up. It, it, the, 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 the goalpost by which you get a little fanfare that says you accomplished something just keeps going up and it's completely arbitrary. I mean, for, for what it's worth, like, you can get tired of sex. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we're biologically programmed for that to not exist. <laughs> but, but I mean, you give your monkey brain like too much of a, of a good thing ever. And it's capable of just taking stuff for granted. I think so much of like of healthy lifestyle is knowing what to take for granted, knowing yeah. what to focus on and what not to focus on and when to celebrate and when to not. And to, you know, if if there were things that, that you didn't take for granted that you should, you you get the opposite of the anxiety attachment thing of like worrying about, okay, well, when are my streams going to go down? When am I going to fail? When is it going to be over or whatever? There are things that it's important mm-hmm. to take for granted. You know, you should take 200K for granted because if it went lower than that, or if you if you stressed about it going lower than that every day, it would break you. But at the same time, taking 200K for granted is also comes with its own other side of that coin, which right. gets complicated, you know? And I'm a super analytical dude. Like I, and so I'd be looking at my stats constantly doing all kinds of math, comparing myself to my other songs, to my past, just to prove to my little dumb monkey brain that like, hey, you're doing amazing right now. Look at like, I'm calculating like 232% growth from this to then. Like, what do you, you know, I'm, I I almost need to prove it to myself mathematically mm. that I'm doing good, which is so messed up because too much of a good thing. I've had so many good things happen to me this year and I'm growing so fast that I'm just like, yeah, anytime there's a little bit of a lull, I'm like, 
I'm falling apart. I'm doing terrible. And we, you know, like to, to put in perspective too, like whenever I go to a live show, I like take a, a video of the audience. Like I, I saw uh, Phoebe Bridgers last week and, you know, there was like 10,000 people in the audience. And I just took a video because I'd be like, that's what 10,000 people look like. Next time you're like upset that like 10, only 10,000 people right. showed up to this thing, like, like, like listen to your thing. That's what that looks like. Yeah. That's a great idea. You know, just like to put it in perspective. And then, you know, like you said, 50, 15 million people watched your, your blue eyes. I yeah. think that's more people than who watched The Bachelor uh, this week. Yeah. Wow. You know, I think that and and. Any historians listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think 15 million people uh, is more than ever saw Shakespeare's plays live. Wow. And and yeah. that's the thing is like we get, you know, because there's so much more opportunity to show just such a massive platform of people now, we, we do forget that like it is a massive number. Yeah. You know, we're being dismissive of 15 million people. If 15 million people disappeared, <laughs> that would yeah. be a terrifying thing. <laughs> Absolutely. That would, a, that would be an apocalyptic event. Absolutely. And I mean, the stuff and, we're talking about is I feel like why so many artists are sad. Yeah. You know, well, and it's why I think live shows are so important too. Is because, and why I almost feel feel uh, uh, yeah, so much like I think sympathy is a strong word, but that there there has to be or had to have been just such a strong psychological component to having things blow up during COVID and not being able to see even just a mm -hmm. two hundred cap space get sold out. Mm -hmm. You know, like having a song get. Right you know, 20 million or 100 million streams on Spotify, but not even being able to like grasp what a thousand people in a room looks like. Right. You know, and I think that th that, that disconnect, yeah, is, is why so many artists feel like they're not enough. I mean, I feel like I'm not enough. Like we have 30,000 monthly listeners and we have for yeah. five years. Right. And in my head, I'm like, we are, we are still struggling. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I do... I do love, sometimes I listen back to my songs and I'm like, man, I really did my thing on this. Because I, I, I make it a point to do quality over quantity nowadays. I used to just put out so much stuff. But uh, yeah, that, that line of I'm a nobody, yes, but nobody is me. I love that line. It's such a great yeah. line because... It's true. Like, and I'm super thankful to all of my fans. If any of you are listening right now, I love you to bits because not a day goes by where like, I, I feel like I am very good about stepping back and being like so many people, not to sound narcissistic, but so many people love me. They send me love. I get <laughs> DMs every single day saying like, I love this song. You're the reason me and my significant other are together. This song made me smile for the first time in a while. This like, like just constant. And I'm like, you guys are awesome. I, I like, cause you need that reassurance as an artist. Cause you're putting yourself like you're, especially for my type of songs, I'm putting like a piece of my soul out to the, to the internet and be like, please don't destroy me. You know? well, and, and we, we miss like how important an individual world is like, I think about my, my dad is a, is a business coach. And my mm -hmm. mom teaches in schools. And what I think about each of them is that in the course of their year, maybe, if they are like working one-to-one -one with people, 
and I don't actually, I don't know necessarily what like their actual breakdown is, but they're probably having a a significant impact on the lives of collectively mm-hmm. uh, under a hundred people. If a teacher takes an interest in a student, you know, and even if they have a hundred people in their grade that year or whatever, like maybe there's one or two students that they can spend that time that can make a, a, a really positive difference. Um, I had that teacher. No, I had that teacher. You know, everybody has one of those teachers. Right. And the way that I see it is that like, if we're the reason why an artist breaks, if we're a reason why, uh, you know, somebody met their significant other, if we're, you know, the the reason why somebody now knows the story of your friend or, or that, yeah. like, there is... There is like these moments where on an individual level, we are changing it. But for some reason, the teachers in our hometown are okay with the the three people a year that they affect Mm -hmm. or the 10 people a year, the 100 people a year that they affect. But we can't be satisfied with affecting 10,000 fucking people a month, you know, 30,000 people a fucking month. You know, it's not enough for us. We're too special. (laughs) (laughs) At At the end of the day, it's like... I am thankful for anybody's life that I can positively affect. That's my mom told me I should be a therapist. And I was like, mm, that sounds like a lot of work. I feel like I kind of do that on the daily with all my relationships already. And then I got into music. I'm like, well, my mom was kind of right. I'm I'm making music <laughs> as a therapy for people. And I have this tweet from like July 2020 that I've pinned on my profile as a reminder to me and to everybody else that says, I'll just read it. People messaging me saying my song or TikTok stopped them from literally ending their life or made them smile for the first time in a long time. Doesn't matter how many fans I have, I'm here for that. Mm. And that's like, because even if that happens to one person, that's That's a worth huge it. responsibility. That's, that's a that's, huge responsibility, yeah. That's that's worth it. Even if, if I've saved one person's life, that's a whole life that I've saved. That's 80 years of, of, of experiences that I have saved for somebody. And so the bigger you get- And all the friends they'll make, all the people they'll affect, all the people they they might save. Exactly. You know? I need to remind myself of that because my positivity impacts other people's lives positively. And then their lives can impact others and it's just a, a, a butterfly effect. And it's an amazing thing. And, and to anybody l- listening too, like that 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 is the most extreme of cases, but like there is a- a nobility and responsibility, not just in saving a life, but in saving a night. You yeah. know, if if a song, uh, and a, or maybe a conversation around a song, or mm-hmm. the way that a song can can bring down tension for people individually or together or whatever. Like if you save somebody's night, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're making something that they never thought they would make, and that saves a life. Maybe you know they're they're deciding that you know what. I'm worrying too much about money and I need to worry more about enjoying my life and sightseeing. You know what? Let's go to this restaurant that we wanted to go to. We don't know the impacts of our actions and I think we never exactly. will. And I, and that's complicated. But I just mean to say that we don't know what small ways the world changes when we decide we want to change the world, you know? Exactly, yes. But, but it does, it does, you know? Um, in any way, not just saving a life, but just making a day palatable or or, or just... Yeah. Reminding you what to focus on, you know, even if it doesn't even. Yeah, you're right. It does not even have to be the extremes. That's just the stuff that gets to me the most. But like even just you had a bad day, you listened to my song. It made you smile. Worth it. A thousand percent worth it. It's what I do it for. 
pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor, New Wave. No, I've been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a, as a Roman, same. As a New Yorker, absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee. Fully caffeinated. And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh, man, that's true, too. I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart just beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With L-theanine and raw cacao, Flow State Coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee. And now, through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own. If you go to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O wave.co, you can use the code BREWINGLION for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state. Now, back to the show. I appreciate the, the things that, that you're paying attention to, especially in, in, in Sightsee. You know, it's just, there are all these little details details all these i think that it is too easy to just kind of let yourself forget about like how how beautiful all of it is yeah and especially when you're reaching for a goal it gets really challenging because you see you know friends pop off or this or that or the other thing and you think well maybe did, did i waste that time have i not gone anywhere whatever and then when you really start to think about everything that you've done in that time right. all the ways that you've grown and changed and whatever there's no such thing as wasted time but you really got to focus on it. You really yeah. got to like, yeah. like set your bar. Like you have control over your bar. Like mm -hmm. if your bar is like, I am enough when I hit this bar that you've arbitrarily set for yourself, then you have extreme amounts of agency yeah. over how satisfied and fulfilled you feel. Yeah, you and know? that's, I mean, that's that's the, the inner game of tennis, right? Is like you, this whole conversation has been like, it is, it is enough to, for, for our music to affect the life of one person. But then you ask, then why do we want to affect the lives of millions? Like, of millions? Like, like if, if we can accept that, oh, what I've done is enough, where does it come from the, the voice that says, no, it's not enough, I want more? Mental illness. Is it mental illness? Is it society? <laughs> mental, is, mental it, Ill is it the app? Or, is it, or can, you, can you frame it altruistically like, well, if I'm capable of saving one life, then I have a responsibility to save as many lives as possible. Ooh. That's, I mean, that's, that's nice probably the best way it. to put it. But then, like Nate said earlier, you also got to pay rent. So if you want to have a career in the music industry, you have yeah. to do numbers. Exactly. And that's like, you can't ignore that. And I'm fortunate enough to have recently hit that point where music, aside from school, I keep saying I'm a full-time musician, but I'm technically still in school. He's a student, an art uh, kid. Yeah, I'm an art kid. You got uh, the primary colors on your sweater, my, my <laughs> exactly. guy. Exactly. I'm fortunate enough that music is paying my bills. And now I just have, I have such like a low standard of living. It's not even funny. Like <laughs> I live off of like, I don't even know, not much. I could, I, I, I just don't value cause it all goes into music. And so like I'm paying rent, I'm paying for my food. And now I can just focus on doing what I love, which is a, beautiful thing it's a freeing thing and i have everyone to thank for that because it's so corny but i literally i, I can't do it without you can them. pull off corny though you can pull off corny i i, I mean <laughs> i'm the ceo of corny so i'm but no 
it, it's a beautiful thing because you can't do it without all those people. And I think the reason why I keep doing it, if we're going back to motive of why do you want to keep getting bigger if, if, if affecting a small amount of people is still enough is because I think I know that I'm capable of affecting more. Yeah. And I, I do feel a sense of, even though I've never met these people that I'm going to affect in the future, I feel a sense that it is my duty to go through with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what if I decide to just coast on what I've made so far and then because of that choice to stop, I don't help all these people that needed it in the future. And so, I don't know. Yeah, that's the way I see it. No, and- but, but I mean, we, we talk about that. And of course, it's in the abstract, but we talk about that constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and my my ego will take the the nutrients it needs. You know, we gotta, we yeah. gotta feed the beast somehow. As much as people probably somehow don't like mentioning it, I feel like almost every musician, almost every major musician, has to be a little bit of a narcissist. Like you Definitely. have to, you have to love yourself unconditionally in order to be able to present yourself as lovable to others and believe that somebody's going to care about your bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing I, I'm brushing up against as we're talking about this. There, there's a part of me that's just like we have this responsibility. It's like, well, someone else could do it. Yeah, no, someone else could, but I want it to be me. <laughs> that's the thing we have to acknowledge yeah. is at the end of the day, we are making the choice. It's like, no, no, no. I I feel like it's me. Like yes. you can't. You but can't then it, comes back, that. it comes back to the thing that you're saying about capable. There is that George Watsky line, which is like, I wouldn't be doing this for a decade if I didn't think I was a little bit extremely dope at it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I'm paraphrasing it, but like, I love that line, which is like, yeah, we have spent so much time getting good at this. I talk about poker a lot on this show. And uh, one of the things that that I love from this book, I just finished the theory of poker, is that they, he says in the beginning, he says, the reason of poker, the reason you play poker is to win money like is to make money. And he said, you know, you can have people who are playing there for fun. You can have people who are playing there, whatever. When you sit down at the table, that is the guiding rule. That is the rule. What's so funny is if you play a tournament and you're, and you lose, you know, like, yeah. And and there's, there is the inner game of how to deal with, with losing in general. Like that's a whole nother conversation, but there is something uh, to the effect of like, you you can't chalk it up of like, Oh, I was actually, I actually wasn't really there to like win. I was there just to like have a good time. Like then yeah. you're not playing a good game. Yeah. You, you, the only way you can win poker is by wanting to win. And I think that like, we always sort of skirt around it as artists, but there's, there is this sense like, yeah, I have invested so much of my life and my time and my well being and my skill and creativity to this thing you know, I didn't come here for half. Right, exactly. I came here for the whole goddamn bank, you know? Mm-hmm. like I'm here so that when I go to my high school reunion in 10 years, I can go nan 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 nah in their face and be like, uh, yeah. you were wrong, I was right. Look at how successful this became. We've success. we have... <laughs> We have essentially like donned the balaclava, taken a shotgun and a giant bag with a with a dollar sign on it and walked into a store. We're not going to be there like, hey, we'll take like $50 if that's okay with you. <laughs> like we're here for the goddamn vault, you know? Yes, yeah. So how, how do you square that with with the sense of I'm just here to help people? Because those two, because th- that's the thing, both of these thoughts exist in our heads simultaneously. Well, it's about what you do once you rob the bank. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. Then, <laughs> then, then it works. You open up a school to teach other people how to rob a bank. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like when you're underground and you're on the rise, 
it is very much that bank vault analogy. Like we're getting to the bank, we're robbing the bank. We got to do this because we we all got to eat, sort of thing. But now, and this is the case, at least that's how I see it. With me, I'm living off of this. I've already robbed the bank. Everything else that comes after this, now I can focus on not robbing banks. I can focus on the actual helping people part. Until you get to that point, it is a little almost disingenuine because you're like, hey, this is to help you, but it's also for money. But now when you get to that point, then you can really focus on the message. Well, I almost feel like I'm I'm in the bank. I'm loving the analogy. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the bank. Um, you're also in the bank. And... You're in the bank, and I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm like everybody, hands up, give him the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Nathan Apollo. Yes. Are you ready for the question round? The question round. I am, I'm, I'm so ready for the question round. Would you rather meet your great-great-grandparents or your great-great-grandchildren? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's actually really tough. I'd... Ooh. I'd probably actually say grandparents, I think. I think I'd meet grandparents. I don't know. It's super tough. Oh. Oh. Because I'd love to go back to my great-great-grandparents and be like hey, your bloodline became super successful or whatever. I mean, I'm not super successful, but... You'd be like, hey, hey, you guys could have gone to therapy and prevented all of this. <laughs> you know what? Actually, scratch that. I would want to meet my great-grandchildren <laughs> because I would be able to go down and be like, look, it's me, your great-great-grandpa. And they'd be like, who are you? I'm like, ah, you have <laughs> Apollo blood in you. Use it well. And then like disappear into the shadows. You know, that'd be super cool. Send my great-grandchildren to therapy. What, what about you, Nate? Well, so my only viral TikTok, I think I got like, you know, one point something million uh, views, um, which is a, which is the population of a country. Yes, I yes. I would like to. <laughs> only, like to only. Only one, one million views uh, was about how, how I think that time travel presented in The Prisoner of Azkaban is like perfect. And how I have very strict rules about time travel. I made a follow-up video that got like a hundred views right. about <laughs> the different types of time travel in media and why all of them are wrong except for like one. Right. So I feel like, and there is a version where meeting my great great grandparents still follows the rules of time travel, but I do think that the the notion that you could meet your great great grandchildren implies a certain level of determinism, mm. which is my favorite kind of time travel. Yeah, fair. And so I would just, I think I got to stick to my guns, meet my great great grandchildren and be like, listen, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Because there's no way that, that, that this didn't pass on to you. (laughs) My apologies. Um, I just hope that you're, you're funny. 
Uh, I hope that you're kind to people. I hope that you are creative. I'm not going to be strict about the music side of it. And I hope that you're enjoying your uh, life uploaded into the, uh, the world server. The metaverse. <laughs> well, that's the, my, my answer is very simple and very straightforward. I would like to meet my great-great-grandchildren because that's just far away enough that they're either in the metaverse or they're in Mad Max. And I want to know which way it shakes out. <laughs> Are they good swimmers? Because they're going to have to be. Exactly. It's Waterworld, baby. It's water world, baby. <laughs> or the more scary option, because we spend so much time hemming and hawing about utopias and dystopias, that it's pretty much the same. Oh. Yeah, nothing's, nothing's changed. That it's like, oh, the cars are faster, but they don't fly yet because we decided that wasn't efficient. <laughs> the cars are faster. Yeah. The, the bad ending. Yeah. We go to the future and it's just like, like I've been to the year 3000. Nothing's changed, but the cars are faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's something that you struggled with as a kid that you still have a hard time with now? Tell me how you haven't changed, Nathan. You haven't changed a bit. I I have never changed once a day in my life. Um, it would probably still be. I don't know. I'm really bad at at um, liking myself sometimes i like myself a lot the main thing is like my voice which is super weird to say but that's what i got picked on the most for when i was younger was my voice and it's super funny now that that's like the selling point of my entire career is my voice but i still sometimes have moments where like my speech impediment shows its ugly face and i'm like man i hate myself <laughs> like and yeah and so it's probably still something like that what is your phone background my phone background is my beautiful, gorgeous girlfriend. The one that I write all my love songs about. Her name is you. To you. <laughs> her name is you. She is nameless, faceless. No. Her name is Hannah. And she is who I attribute a lot of my success to. Because without Hannah, there's no to you from me. And then there's no subsequent love songs. She keeps me in a perpetual state of honeymoon phase in my mind. And without that, I would not be able to push all this positive energy out to the world. That's and really so. sweet. All right, Nathan, do you have a non-musical hobby? Yeah, made slight reference to it. Uh, I play a lot of D&D. Nice. Um, play a lot of D&D. I actually... Jessica, I'm new to this, but I've started DMing, which means I'm going to be a DM yeah. for Incredible. the rest of my life. Yeah, it was super fun. Like, so great. My friends, they aren't, like, into it, into it, but they love playing. But they also aren't great at the game, so they need to play, like, level one characters or level two characters. Otherwise, right. it would be, like, too much for them. Who's your character? My char I always typically play... I mean, I've never played somebody who has gotten past level... Four. But I typically try to play like I'm very charismatic and outspoken, so I like to play that type of character. And so it ranges from from sneaky little shit to to big muscle guy. But either way, I want him to be charismatic. We're about a about a year into our campaign. Um, really, a little over a year. Our friend Mason is mm. our DM. It's, it's just so much fun. I I'm a, a level eight. Right, we're, we're all about to hit level nine. Wow. Yeah. wow. We got the experience for it. We just haven't had the experience for it. Right. We had the experience. We just we, haven't we had hit the, the We rest. hit the number, yeah. but we're, we still have to like live a little to hit, to get yeah. the new skills. So uh, I, uh, I'm i a level nine rogue. Uh, his name is Waster. Mm. And he's like a little bit, uh, he's older. He's like, uh, kind of talks <laughs> like this. Um, he's, he's 
kind of he started off as like kind of like Lorne Malvo from like Fargo, right? Um, kind of like ruthless killer, kind of cold hearted person mm-hmm. because of this uh, made up order that he was a part of. Uh, the whole game is homebrew. Our DM is like a crazy history nerd. He was literally on Jeopardy, like oh you wow, know, nailing all the history questions. Um, so he made like centuries worth of lore in this world. Wow. So I was part of this like very kind of um, literally like no country for old men, like co- coin flip, you know, doesn't matter what it lands, you know, what it lands yeah. on, you know, you are either alive or dead. Um, but he's sort of evolved more into a kind of like surrogate father, like almost like, like later stage Loki type. Oh, I see. So, um, so he definitely like still has like reckless tendencies, but has been punished for the recklessness on like multiple occasions. Right. And and has like significant issues with the order. So so it's become yeah, it's become an interesting it's just been a fun, fun character study for sure. Um yeah. and then Noah can describe I, his character. I'm I'm a I'm a wizard, a divination wizard who deals uh, with the faith. Nice. Who's uh, 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 just like a kind of a slut and a glutton, <laughs> just course. like a little bit all of over course. the place. A hedonist, yeah. a hedonist. Uh, my my reference was like Robert Sheenan from the Umbrella Academy, but I also okay. got um, from from one of the people who used to be in our campaign. She's like, "You remind me a lot of the Dean from Community," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I'll take that." <laughs> do that, your voice, do the voice for her. It's a it, um, it's got a bit of an Irish accent. I gotta work on my accents as a as a DM. Uh, we just oh, yeah. finished. Uh, I created a story just for these goons. Because they all need to play level one, level two. And so I created like a little three shot, three session story. Oh, that's um, awesome. It was the my third time ever DMing that I decided to do this. Um, but we just finished it. And it was a pirate campaign where they uh, they went and they were actually yeah, like yeah. pretending, uh. they were pretending to be pirates on a pirate ship. And they were supposed to not be find out and all this sort of stuff. There's a whole storyline. But like I can only are do you, are so we, many. Are we related? Are we? Are we? I. That is so cool. I came up with the story all myself. I came up with everything, all the characters. I had like a crew of fifteen people. They got to talk with everybody. It was super fun to do it Hell for me, yeah. because I love creative writing. I love art. I love music, obviously. And so I got to create this whole world for them. And it was just so fun. I'm hooked. I'm hooked forever. Very natural segue. Very important question. Next question in the question round. Would you be a pirate? (laughs) I love that. Uh, Would I be a pirate? Honestly, I don't think it's the job for me. I don't think it's the job for me. Seems a little too uh, rude (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Or, 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 Or really rough. I'm a super picky eater. Day one of being a pirate, I'd be like, look, guys, can we go back to shore? Uh, <laughs> I need to get a McChicken. <laughs> like, it would not go well. All right, next question is, uh, what was the first concert you ever attended? I think it was a Demi Lovato concert when I was like 12. Nice. Like Camp Rock era? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Demi Lovato concert. Um, first one that I went to in like, that was like me... I wanted to go to this concert was Tech Nine in high school. I went to a Tech nice. Nine concert, um, which I am so amazed that my parents let me go to because those concerts are insane. I literally, I literally saw a dude with Tech Nine's face shaved into the back of his head. I'm like, the, oh, the people oh who God, go to Tech yeah. Nine concerts are nuts. Listeners, if you really want to show your support for Nathan Apollo, shave his face into 
into the back. We, I mean, we will provide you with the outline because uh, your face will be the art for the uh, for there the you podcast. Go. So there you go. True, yeah, true fans, you know who you are. Exactly. Go for it. True fans. This is a call to action. Call to action. <laughs> you, we know about one of your tattoos. Uh, what was your first, and what uh, do you have any others, and what are they? I have two others. They're both really basic um, because my first one was as basic as it gets because I didn't know. I thought I could, but I know some people like just can't be tattooed. They're, they have such a low pain tolerance. So I wanted to get something simple that I knew I would always like, a very safe tattoo. And so I got the solar system on my collarbone. Pluto included, by the way. I'm a Pluto enthusiast. And then my other one is uh, a pocket watch on the seat, on the forearm of my other arm. Very standard, like, clock is always ticking type beat hey. so next question can you recommend our listeners a movie a book and a tv show a movie a book and a tv show movie if you haven't seen it see interstellar or fight club those are your options nice book i am a sucker i mentioned this earlier i'm a sucker for the percy jackson series i reread them recently they still bang nice the, per- the percy jackson series there's three now so there's the Percy Jackson series, there's the Heroes of Olympus series, and then there's the Trials of Apollo. Read them all. I'm not done with Trials of Apollo, but read them all. They're great. Um, still hold up. Certified banger. You should call it your next record, Trials of Apollo. That would be a great idea. I'll hit up Rick Riordan and be like, yo, add, right. me, into, add me into the books. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a concept record. TV show is going to have to be... Uh, I don't really watch many TV shows, if I'm being honest. I loved One Punch Man. Um, oh, yeah. Ooh. That was that was my toe dip into anime, and it was great. It was <laughs> a good one. It was an excellent little little thing. So One Punch Man is my recommendation. The show is a great metaphor for what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. about like what happens when you reach the peak of your you know hit hit a a sort of milestone that you you know that you can get bored of. You know? Yeah, One Punch Man could be anybody, and it bores the shit out of him. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next question: Do you have a scar with a story? Do I have a scar with a story? Yes, I do. So in Iowa, we actually made the national news for once last year because we had a derecho blow through, which is basically a land hurricane. What? Yeah, it's a it's a land hurricane. I I did not get injured by the storm itself, but by the repercussions of the storm. Okay, we had like statewide blackouts sometimes for multiple days for some people, depending on where you were. I had, thankfully, shout out my mom, a ton of batteries and a ton of flashlights. So everyone came over to my house and we had to go and park and we all parked together on, because it's campus parking, you have to figure out where to park. There are no street lights right now because it's a blackout. And so we're walking in pitch darkness, right? I'm walking down and there's like these houses to the left with like raised lawns and cinder blocks all around the edge of their like, to make room for the driveway or whatever. That's like just how it, it lines it up. And so we're walking and a car with their brights on turns around the corner. I'm essentially flash banged. I go, ah, and then my shins clobber into the side of these cinder blocks and I collapse to the ground and I have <laughs> massive skid marks from the top, from the bottom of my shin to the top of my shin that hair doesn't grow there anymore. They, it got like absolutely gashed open all because oh, no. of a car turning the corner. 
But Ooh. hey, Ooh. it was super funny though. Because <laughs> for everybody, I was walking in the front. For everybody else, they just saw my silhouette light up. And then, I, yeah. and then I fell and I was gone. <laughs> oh Ugh. my God. Wow. I have some uh, some bad news for Iowa though. Because you said that that, that made uh, national news. I never heard of it. Damn. See, even <laughs> when we make national news, it's 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 rough out here. Also, what's what's the name of a land hurricane? I missed it. A derecho. Nobody knew the name of it until it happened. Um, but yeah, D E R E C H O, derecho. Okay, it, it's a it's a it's a cooking show that takes place during a land hurricane. It's called the derecho ratio. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you. Write that down. Write that down. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's got an internal rhyme all over it. <laughs> It's a, the, the derecho Rachel ratio. Yeah. Ratio. Wow. <laughs> the the derecho Rachel Ray racial ratio. Racial ratio. There Wait, it is. sorry, sorry, no. The derecho Rachel Ray show. Racial ratio. Yeah. There we go. It. My mind is blown. My- <laughs> uh, overstimulated. <laughs> very good. We're lyricists. It's, it's what we do. Speaking of being overstimulated, what are three thoughts you have at this very moment? Stimulate us. Um. Loving this podcast. I need to take my gummy vitamins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me too. And I hope my Halloween makeup doesn't look dumb. Nice. Who are you being for Halloween? I'm being Beast Boy. Nice. Nice. I'm being Beast Boy. I got green makeup right here. I'm about to put, as soon as this is over, I'm going to. I'm being a, a pirate and I'm being um, Mono from uh, Little Nightmares 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little Nightmares is actually one of the games that I didn't play. Normally, my girlfriend watches me play games, but I actually watched her play the Little Nightmare series. And no, where are you being? I'm being uh, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. My uh, see, Julia. I, I need to watch Cowboy Bebop. I have a list of animes and stuff that I want to watch. Strap in. Strap in. <laughs> That's what I yeah. hear. And lastly, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? Ooh, uh, next year. just And just all the years coming after that. <laughs> I am at a point where I have no idea where I'm going to be in a year. And so it's super, super exciting, super exciting. And so I'm so looking forward to everything that's going to happen over over time, you know? Will we be seeing you on our our, our beautiful shores? I hope so. I sure hope so. I see what you did there. Sure. Hope so. You can play poker with with us and Charlie. I will absolutely clean house at poker. Is that true? Yeah. we, We got nothing to do out here. So we play card games. Wow, I, Nathan, challenge is on. I I love oh, poker, yeah. as anybody who listens to the show knows. Challenge accepted. Let's go. Let's do it, Nate. It is so good to meet you. I I feel yeah. like we've all known each other for like years. Like like we are so bizarrely similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad. Thank you to Charlie for for connecting us. Huge thank you to Charlie. We can D D and D together. I hope that we can maybe yes. make music together. Uh, hope that yeah. we play poker. Just yes. uh, want to be friends because I feel I do feel like I like <laughs> know you, know you. It's weird. And sometimes you meet people like that where it's like we had to have met in a past life or something. Like this connection's too easy. Like, it's Nathan's, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's Nathan's. Just, it's all... a Nathan thing. You wouldn't get it. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't get, get it. it. Yeah, you would understand. You know. <laughs> but it's 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 so nice to meet you. Thank you for for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. This is like one of the first few podcasts I, I've done. I'm trying to do like a podcast thing for this new song and stuff. And it's the it's my first go at it. And this is like a great experience. For Hungry World? Hungry World. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Anybody who's listening, check out Hungry World. Yes. Um, I'll, we'll play it in the outro of the episode. There you go. And uh, I, I love it because it does has, have that pixie vibe. And it, it has one of my favorite lines, which is, everybody wants glory, but nobody's got the guts. Yep. 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 You quoted solid. that right. You quoted that right. I think that's solid. <laughs> Um, no, man, I, we're, we're looking forward to it, and we'll talk to you soon. They all want the glory, but ain't got no guts. Guts. Cheer me up, spin me out, but you won't break me. Toss me up, shoot me down, but I still don't scream. Leave me cut and kick me down just to watch me bleed. But this hungry world won't eat me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We would like to thank New Wave, The Truffleist, and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.